the big thing is if you are struggling with something today, do not allow yourself to feel embarrassed or less than, or like there's something wrong with you because it's not as easy for you as it is for somebody else. It's okay if something's easy for everybody else, but it's hard for you. That's totally fine. There, We're not all good at everything. Um, hard things in life are good things. They make us grow and change. So don't be afraid or ashamed. Um, motherhood was harder for me at the beginning than a lot of other moms. And I felt like a failure because it was hard, but in the truth, because it was hard for me, I learned all of these unique and different ways to raise kids. And I have these amazing, beautiful children um, that I kind of raise in a different way that I wouldn't have. If it had just been easy, I would have followed the status quo. So um, it's okay if it's hard and it's okay. If you're in a rough season of life, you will get through it. Don't beat yourself up. And make sure you find a way to get positive things into your mind. Don't just sit there and listen to your own negativity all day long. <laughs> listen to James's podcast. Listen to a podcast. Pick up a book. Um, and uh, get outside of yourself in your own negative world. You have to step outside of that. Or you're never going to see that there is hope and that there is a better way. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, 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 come on in, get that cup of joe. And again, my cup of joe, I flooded so much with that uh, hazelnut creamer, you can't even taste coffee. But that's the way I have to have it. So bring it in, bring your drink in, whether it's uh, Diet Pepsi, whether it's regular Coke, whether it's uh, just water. Come on in, kick back. Let's learn something today about overcoming depression. That's what our topic is about today, depression. And our guest today, she said she had made a massive change in her habits and mindset for her to overcome six years of severe postpartum depression. All right. She said this depression was the hardest years of her life and she was in a very dark place. Now she uses what she has learned to overcome depression and helping others to overcome their struggle as well. Welcome to the show, Chelsea Dishinger. <laughs> thank you for having me, James. No, no, thank you for coming in and from your valuable time and, and sharing with us and again helping people. And we know it. Uh, depression is probably one of the most common common things that go around. You know, we we probably all share a, a, a case of depression. Now, depending on how small or severe it is, we would be in different ranges, but. We would all, I think, has experienced it once or twice, if not multiple times in our life. Yes, it is rampant everywhere, but it's kind of, you know, taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. So a lot more people struggle with it than would ever admit it or maybe even realize that they are really depressed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like you said, the taboo, because uh, when I was growing up, uh, if you saw a psychiatrist or psychologist, you were deemed crazy. Yeah. And, you know, and so people wouldn't talk to you about depression or seeing professional help 
because they didn't want people to think they were loco, nuts. And yeah. so, but uh, I've gone on to believe that opening up, whether it's a professional, whether it's a spouse, whether it's um, friends that you can trust, we need to be able to open up to someone to relieve the stress and anxiety, the depression, and let it flow out of us. As much as we exercise our body to stay healthy, we need to exercise our, mouth, um, our minds to yes. stay healthy as well. And one thing to exercise is to clean it out. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, we don't put enough attention on our mental health. You know, we focus so much on having the perfect body <laughs> or eating enough kale, but we don't stop to think that we actually do need to take care of our mental health. It is really important. And it's becoming, unfortunately, an epidemic, especially with teenagers. You know, this generation of teens, we're seeing a lot of anxiety and depression. It's it's really sad. Well, this COVID's not helping. Uh, yes, you're it. right. COVID. I mean, and, and staying at home away from their friends, not being able to experience what children ought to be experiencing. And then when they are out and about, they're face covered. So they can't learn how to read expressions on uh, happy, sad, good, bad. And yet, especially with this COVID going on, yeah, that uh, it's really hard on the children. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely made things worse. My daughter, Jordan, we just recently moved to Texas and we put her in school and she didn't know anybody. She, it was at the, towards the end of the school year, this past school year. And I was like, are you making friends? And she's like, well, people are coming up to me and they're talking to me, which is great, but they're all wearing masks. And then and teenagers, you know, middle school, they wear a lot of hoodies and stuff. So she's like, between the hoodie and the mask, like, I don't know any, but like, I don't know if it's the same person I talked to yesterday. I can't remember who's who. I can't recognize anybody. And I was like, well, I hadn't thought about that as a brand new kid. You know, if you already know the kids, it's a lot easier to recognize them. But if you're new into the school, I mean, she spent the whole last semester of the school year not recognizing anybody. So it was hard for her. She felt very isolated. She may have been like my mom. My mom's experienced some dementia now. And so she may be like uh, uh, having Alzheimer's. They have meeting meeting the same person every day, but it seemed new to her because yeah. not not <laughs> recognizing the full face. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's it's, what... it's been real tough on, on kids. So Yeah. Yeah. It is. That's what my daughter went through. I mean, she literally could not make friends because she didn't know anybody and couldn't recognize them. Well, I hope things are better this year so far. And I hope she's getting a bunch of friends and you're going to be overrun with uh, teenagers in your house. and uh, <laughs> You meet new friends yeah. as well and new parents. So, all right, Chelsea, again, thank you for being here. Let's uh, go ahead and get into your story with this postpartum depression that went on. You said for about six years and everything. And let's, uh, how, how did it go about what started it and how did you get out of it? Yeah. Well, actually, before I had postpartum, I was one of the happiest. Just I love life. I've always been just a really happy person. I had a great marriage. Um, we were super excited to have our first baby. I was going to quit my job to be a stay at home mom, went into the hospital, just so excited to have my baby girl. And after she was born, I was just super emotional and I couldn't stop crying and I couldn't seem to get my emotions under control. And this lasted for six years. And uh, it was just, I just never stopped crying. I mean, my husband, my poor husband, he would come home from a long day of work, brand new baby. And I would just cry. It was like the second he walked the door, I would just 
cry and I'd cry from the minute he walked in the door to the minute we went to bed every night, he would go to work every day. So worried, like, is Chelsea going to make it through the day? How is she going to be? And it was very important to me that I was a good mom. So I did everything I could. I mean, I made all of Jordan's baby food organic myself and I did, but the second she would go to sleep, I would just, I would lose it. I would lose myself. I couldn't, couldn't, do anything. I had no motivation. The only motivation I had was to be a good mom for Jordan. And other than that, everything else in life was dead to me. I couldn't, I even had a hard time feeling attached to my child because I just felt dead inside. I was dead. I was empty. I was lost. Um, it was very dark. And I know six years doesn't sound like a long time, but when every day of your life is a deep, dark hole, six years just feels like eternity. And, uh, it was, a, it was a really rough time. It was, I don't know how we survived it, but <laughs> but by God's grace, we got through it. So, hey, yeah. me and sister. So, so to, so before giving birth and everything, you would consider yourself just an average happy person. I mean, I'm sure you went through small depressions on certain things, but never to an extreme. Oh, never, never. I mean, oh, okay. I, I never so, saw this coming. Oh, that was okay, one of the okay. hard things was it came out of nowhere. I mean, I was expecting, you know, and then you see in the movies, uh, people deliver their babies and it's the happiest moment of their life. And, you know, it's the best thing. And I'd see all my friends with their babies, just loving motherhood. And I was just like, I'm miserable. And then you feel so guilty. You're like, what's wrong with me? Why am I such a bad mom? Why can't I be as excited as everybody else's? And uh, there's a lot of internal negative talk that really leads to a lot of self hate, which then feeds the depression and you get into this vicious cycle. And uh, that's one of the things I think that was really hard was I, the first, when you, you first start getting depressed, at least for me, I was like, I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm getting out of this. I'm going to fight this, you know, and I did all the things I knew to do uh, to try to get out of it. And nothing worked. I mean, there was just, it didn't matter what I did. I mean, I would sit there and nurse Jordan and I would listen to all these like encouraging things and I would talk to myself and I couldn't get out of it. So then when, when I couldn't get out of it, then I started to get hopeless. And then when I got to the stage of hopelessness, after like a couple years of really trying everything I could, um, that's when it got real deep because I was like, okay, God, are you even there? I have prayed and prayed and you are not showing up, you know, like, yes, yes. okay, Chelsea, like you really do have a problem because you can't overcome this. Like all the things that I believed in and stood for. And I started to question and I started to get really deep, dark hole. And um, another thing was I'd really isolated myself because I felt extremely ashamed. And then I felt guilty. And then I felt like I'm a bad mom. And I mean, I could go on and on, but you get the gist. I mean, it oh, just, yeah. it, it's all encompassing. And, um, it was a really devastating season of my life. It, it just, it was like one day I was happy. And then I went to the hospital and delivered Jordan and I came out and I was just a totally different person overnight. So it was hard. I can imagine. I mean, the only children I had was my service dog and, uh, I had to go pick him up in Orlando. And so I was all happy to get him and everything, but yeah, that, that's the closest I've had to children. So uh, it's my dog and cat. So uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing that uh, yeah the the part when you talked at the very end here about losing hope, 
that's when it seems to get real then. I mean, mm-hmm. you know it's real from whatever everything else you were doing trying to get out of it, but when you hit that rock bottom and you're going, what's the use? You know, yeah. what's going? And so uh, that that's when, yeah, that's when it's real serious then, when yep. we lose hope. So now, I know your husband, uh, new things going on. I'm sure you were open with him. Uh, I'm sure he was walking on eggshells the best he could to uh, not get you upset and everything. Did y'all not, you, you said you were doing everything you knew to do. Did you not go seek, talk to your doctor, go to a psychologist, psychiatrist, did you not do any of that early on? Not early on. <laughs> so what I did was I, um, first I tried to just do it myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can do this. I got this. Like I can, you know, I'm an overcomer and all this stuff. Um, and my husband you know, he really encouraged me to get help. And I resisted. I just really resisted. The number one thing I think that kept me in depression as long as I stayed was that I allowed the shame and the guilt and the embarrassment to keep me isolated. And to the thought of going to a doctor just added another layer to me of embarrassment and helplessness and So I didn't want to do it. And that was really unfortunate. Uh, When we isolate ourselves, all we hear is our own voice. That's the only voice we hear. And when we're depressed, that's a very negative voice. So all I did was listen to my own negativity day in and day out. There wasn't, I, and I tried to reach out. I actually did when I first got depressed, I'm sorry, (laughs) trying to make sense of all this. Um, I was in, I was in ministry and I was in a big ministry with thousands of people at this church. And and I was on staff at this, uh, Bible college. And so it was really hard for me because everybody really looked up to me and I was always the one helping everybody and encouraging everybody. And then all of a sudden I just wake up one day and I'm not the same person that I used to be. And I don't know how to ask for help. And I'm ashamed. And all the kids that looked up to me, now they're going to I felt like I was going to disappoint them. I didn't realize that I wouldn't, but at the time, you know, you're just so emotionally distraught. You don't see things as they are. And when you stay isolated, you continue to see things through the wrong lens and there's no one to talk sense into you. And um, so I basically tried to reach out to like two different women who were moms and I just kind of sort of gently put my feelings out there because I was really embarrassed and they both, were very judgmental. And oh. that was where I just like shut down. Yeah. And I think sometimes we do that in life. Um, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And if any hint at all of rejection or judgment comes, we shut ourselves off. And we really are only punishing ourselves. Because to be honest, I could have not reaching out to anybody else didn't hurt them. It hurt me. But I was so afraid that I just shut off. And that was, I was like, Nope, I'm done. Nobody from the church is going to know about this. No, no, my friends are going to know about this. I got this on my own. And, um, so I just continued to live in the guilt and the shame and the negativity. And the more you think it, the more you believe it, the deeper it gets into your heart, the more it shapes your life. And the next thing you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, I don't even know who I am. Like, this is not who I am. What happened? You know, and it happened every day by 
um, staying in that isolation. I'm so grateful for my husband. He really encouraged me. He did the best he could to support me in every way. Um, I was very stubborn. Eventually I did go to the doctor. I did get on medication for some reason. I don't think the medication was very helpful for me, but I know people who it really helps. So I definitely, you know, I am not anti-medication or help. I hundred percent think, you know, if you need it, you, you go get it. Um, Definitely talk with your doctors and go from there. Yes. Don't take any suggestions from this podcast. You go get your own seek, your own help with your own physician. Yes. And and y'all come up with a plan yourself. What we're discussing here is what we did. Doesn't mean you follow directions. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. In fact, I really encourage, I mean, even if you're unsure, well, am I really depressed? I really encourage you to go talk to somebody, talk to a doctor, talk to a psychologist, because they can speak truth to you, clarity to you. They deal with people who struggle with this all the time. They can recognize it and they may have tools that you haven't even thought of to help you overcome and get through this. And I made a big mistake by not getting help sooner. I definitely should have done that. Well, it's understandable that you didn't seek sooner uh because again you've never been that far down before in your life you've been in a a a certain amount of depression and you've bounced out of it before so you know i can get out of it again just got to give it some time Uh, this Mm -hmm. is new with the baby life and mama life and give it a few more months and we'll get better it didn't get better Uh, now we're getting a little deeper and deeper but i can see where you struggle one we mentioned about the stigma with people used to think, and I don't know if they think as much today, but you're crazy if you're, you know, depressed, seeking help. And yeah. so uh, from there. And so, but also um, you did reach out and the two that you reached out for, you trusted them for some reason, you trusted them to be able to open up to nobody else. Those two, for whatever reason, you trusted them. And then they gave you something that you didn't agree with. You didn't want to hear whatever it was, and you shut them back out, and then you said, this is it, I'm not going for help. And, yeah. and also, you go again, what you mentioned, you are helping a bunch of people in the ministry and everything. Now I'm going to look like a failure because I'm telling them what to do, but uh, now I'm in it, and now they're going, all right, why don't you up and out of it? You told me to do this. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I can see, I can understand all of that perfectly uh, from there. Now, question here, you've talked about You've got so deep down into the to the rabbit hole here of depression. Uh, did you consider any uh, suicide? Yes. Did it get Did it get that deep? It did. It definitely did, and that was really really sad. Um, and there was, you know, that's a when it comes to the the lack of hopelessness. Yeah. Because when I was talking a while ago, when you lose that, that's when thoughts really go wild. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, and it's so sad. And, um, yeah, I used to plan, you know, how can I do this where it's not going to hurt my daughter or affect my daughter, you know, and, and, and all of those horrible thoughts that you're thinking, because you're just like, what is the point? Life is, there's no point. And, um, I just want to speak to anybody who may be listening and feeling that part of their life that, you know, what is the point? I can promise you that a bright, sunny day does come after the rain. The best thing I did through this whole process of the millions of mistakes I made 
was I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I did not give up. And eventually life will turn around. You cannot quit. You cannot think it's the end because it's not. And there is a beautiful life for you on the other side of this nightmare. You just, you just have to find the strength to hang on every single day and not give up and not quit. And I promise you, no matter how dark and deep and devastating this hopeless pit that you are in may feel, you will find a way out. It will be worth it. And you can't quit. You just, you cannot quit. And that is now having been in that pit and thank God by some miracle, I didn't kill myself and I made it through. I can speak truth that you will get out of it. It's not just, oh, you know, roses and the life changes. No, you, you will get out of it and you can and you will. And I believe that with all of my heart. Because if I can do it, <laughs> good God, if I can do it, you can do it. I, I know it. <laughs> hey, there you go. Now, a couple of things here that you mentioned was um, uh, the suicide and you were trying to look away, look for a way that it wouldn't affect your daughter. Okay. But you can, you can look at this is because I've had another person on talk about depression, got into a depressional state, talked, thought about suicide, but then she thanked God that she had her two babies. She yep. said, I just couldn't leave them behind. And she credited those two as saving her life because yep. she just couldn't leave it her them, them behind knowing years later they would find out what happened. Okay. And she credited those two babies for saving her life overall. And then other thing you're talking about, don't give up, hang in there, go that extra yard, go that extra foot, go that extra two minutes of the day, get through tonight, start tomorrow. It's going to get better. And a friend of mine, Bird, hey, Bird, back if you pop in here today, uh, he, he says, don't give up before the blessings. Yeah. Yep. You can't, you can't because you're going to, you're going to miss out on what's on the other side of it. And to be honest with you, having gone through this depression, it was devastating. I don't wish this on anybody, but it has so transformed who I am as a person. It has given me such compassion for others. It has, I have matured and grown up. I couldn't just get out of this by snapping my fingers. I had to transform who I was on the inside, the way I thought, the way I saw things, what I listened to, my habits, my life had to change to overcome this. And so if I hadn't gone through this, I think a lot of those same habits in life, you know, kind of a little bit, you know, mediocre here and there in certain areas of my life would be there. But now I, I'm not just over depression. I'm a thousand times better person than I was before I went through it. And I have a lot of tools to help prevent me from going there again, you know? And so it seems like the end of the world when you're in it, but in some ways you're going to look back eventually and say part, some of this was kind of a gift because it did change me, you know, hard things change us. And, um, so it's not all bad, but it definitely feels only bad when you're in it. Yes. And you mentioned, you know, about the, uh, get through the storm and the rainbows on the other end and, you know, we, the better things are coming. And, uh, I tell people sometimes we have to walk through the fertilizer to smell the roses. And, you know, the, the thing, yep. we're all going to go through something. It just depends on how we let it affect us, how bad things get. Uh, but overall, it's it's up to us to get through it. 
and we've got to find a way to get through it. So, all right, uh, Chelsea, again, uh, thank you for being here. Now, let's um, give us two or three, four, whatever you think, suggestions on how you are able to get through this. Uh, you seek some type of professional uh, at some point, and then mm-hmm. after that, what did you do to change your mindset, change what, change your habits? What did you do to completely overhaul yourself to be a better person? Yeah, well, one of the first things was um, everyone says, you know, how did you find the motivation to change? And I have to be honest, I didn't really have motivation. I just got to the point that I had fallen so far from who I was. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't me. Like I I've lost myself and I know who I am and I know what I'm capable of. And I refuse to be this person anymore. And I think part of it was um, definitely had gotten through, I think the worst of it. And I was kind of coming my, my hormones and all those were starting to get more balanced, which definitely had a huge factor in me being able to make the choice to change. Um, but when I did decide to change, uh, one of the first things I did was I started changing the voices in my head. So I started reading, I'm Christian. So I started reading my Bible every day and really taking it to heart, you know, just reminding myself every day, okay, I'm not alone and God is with me and all of those things, which was very helpful. Uh, my relationship with God is important to me. And by spending time with him, I felt like I was allowing him to touch and heal part of my own heart. And that was really important. But I also did a lot of reading. I read lots of great books um, about mindset. And I let other people speak into my mind and tell me other thoughts than my own. Um, Another thing was uh, sometimes, especially if you're at the beginning stage of trying to change, it's hard to have motivation to read a book or go pray. Like, I don't know why those things just seem really insurmountable and hard to be consistent. And that is why I love podcasts. I am such a big fan because there were many days where I just couldn't get myself to pick up the book and read it, but I could press play on my phone and I could listen to a podcast like this and be encouraged. The key is just to get a few minutes a day where you shut your own negative thoughts out and you replace them with something positive. If you can just do that 10 minutes a day and then you move it to 15 and then and you listen to those 15 minutes for a month straight, you start starting to go, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I can do this or, you know, maybe that, maybe that thinking isn't right or, you know what, like you just begin to get filled with hope a little bit. And so I, that's why I love these podcasts. I believe so much in them because if you're struggling with something and you can't find, I mean, I could be doing the dishes, I could do anything and I can put this on and I can listen to it and let it speak to me and encourage me, even though and I don't have to do any work. It doesn't take any effort, you know, and when you're depressed, you don't have motivation to do anything. So it gives you, takes all the excuses away, right? That's right. <laughs> So uh, that was one of the really good things I did was, you know, just really digging into my Bible, really reading some good books and really doing those podcasts. So that was really important. Um, Another thing was exercise. It's pretty amazing how exercise, your mind, your body and your spirit connect as one. And I didn't realize that. Um, So my mind was at a negative place. But my 
my heart. Are, are we still connected? Yes. I'm gonna... Okay, I'm so sorry. I wasn't sure. I know you said if we jump out, keep going, no, but no. then you totally disappeared. So, <laughs> um, I apologize. So I didn't realize how the body and the mind and the spirit connect in the way that they do. So once I started exercising, it really started helping me emotionally, which I didn't expect. So um, that's a really important thing. And then the other thing was finally reaching out and making friends again, starting to trust people. Uh, there's just something about going out and having a fun time with friends. It, it just fills your heart. It makes you happy and it's, it's encouraging. So I think those kind of, those are the three things that I did that I wish I had done a lot sooner, but I waited a long time and unfortunately went through it a lot longer than I needed to. Well, and it's the, what's the old adage to, it's, uh, Better late than never, I guess. So, <laughs> That's uh, true. That is yeah, true. So, you know, so it just, uh, your husband had to walk on eggshells a little longer than he wanted, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. But it, I great. mean, it's, it's great that he, he, he practiced uh, patience, passion, yes. uh, practice love and everything uh, to, and, and support to help get you through all this. So, you got an amazing husband to be able yeah. to do this. Now, let me ask you this. You've talked about Jordan, your one here. Have you had another child? Uh, and or other children, and have you experienced any of this postpartum again? Or since you already know what to expect, you jump in right real quick to to prevent it. Yes. So I had another child uh, twenty one months after Jordan. So it was it was not planned. So that, and I remember that's what I was wondering. <laughs> at one point, did you have them fairly close? I mean, two years is not fairly close, but you're talking six years of this depression, did you have any children in between? Oh, that's what I was wondering to tell you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I had Reese. I only have two. I have two daughters, Jordan and Reese. Um, I remember going to the doctor and I wasn't getting treatment at that time. I had, I wasn't ready to go get, you know, real, real treatment that I should have done. So, but I was at my uh, doctor, my OBGYN saying, you know, talking about, okay, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have another baby. So I would, asked her, I said, I'm going through depression. What do I do? Like, do you think it's going to be okay? And I remember her saying, it's probably going to be worse with the second because now you have the weight of two kids. And if we can't get your hormones under control with the first one, and then you're not even back where you should be and you're having another one. And I remember just going home and being devastated and being like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't, it can't get any worse. Like I can't survive. How can we double this? Yeah. Like how can I, um, and then when I was pregnant with Reese, they told me that um, they thought she was going to be down syndrome. Now she's not, um, but there was a chromosome um, change in her and they had um, thought that it was down syndrome. And I remember going, Oh my gosh, like how am I going to survive this? Um, But she ended up being born totally fine. But um I, it, it was actually a little bit easier for me with the second. I was still depressed, but um, because I think because I already knew what to expect, having a kid and changing the diapers and not sleeping, those things didn't get to me the way that it did the first time. The first time I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, I should have babysat before I had a child. I didn't even babysit kids. Like I had no idea what I was getting into. So um, that was helpful, but the depression definitely continued. I mean, it just, but I am grateful. I didn't 
have some sort of astronomical dive right after Reese's birth. But um, it just, it just lingered. It just, I think it just became a mindset and a lifestyle and, and who I was until I finally decided to make a change. That's what I was thinking. It's become your lifestyle now because you've been in it so long. And so yeah. now, even though your doctor was saying it could be worse with double the children, you know, uh, but yeah, you, you're already into it and used to it. And so now you recognize things. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would have thought. But yeah, I would have thought, yeah, it's been this long. It's, it's a lifestyle now. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I had to make some serious changes because if you do anything long enough, it becomes a habit good or bad. And I was in the habit of not having motivation and, and thinking negative and hating myself and feeling guilty. And that was just the daily for me. And um, unfortunately, when you go through depression, it's not like you can just take a magic pill or, you know, uh, just, just decide all of a sudden you're not going to be depressed. I mean, I wish all those things worked, but if you've been depressed for a significant period of time, you have to do some deep inner transformation besides, I mean, the, the medication is very helpful. The counseling is very helpful. All those things are helpful, but you also have to change your belief system about yourself, about others, about life. I mean, you have to, you have to do all this internal work to truly come out of it. Yeah. Nothing comes to us easy. We, we've got to, We've got to put in our our uh, ex, uh, hard work and sweat as well to make all these changes. It, yeah. It's not just going through the flow of talking with a professional and seeing a doctor, taking a couple of medications, not just that. You still have to work on yourself to get the full transformation. Yes. Yes, you're right, 100%. So, and that's, uh, that's coming from Dr. Purdue here. Don't forget that. And I'll tell you that, uh, again, my doctor... I can't write out a prescription, but Chelsea, if you need me to drive you somewhere to pick some up for you, I can do it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, my doctor, I can't write out a prescription, but we can go pick them up for you if you need me. To <laughs> thank you. So, all right. So I'm, I'm glad you're still hanging around and everything like that. Now, let me ask a question with all this going. Now, let me ask this question. I should have brought it up earlier when we we're talking about the suicide and stuff, uh, 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 thoughts. Did you, because you hear stories, uh, hadn't heard any in a while, but you heard stories years ago, how these women go through this postpartum after birth and they're killing and harming their own children. Was that ever a thought to process to through you? No, thank God. I Amen. Thank you. Yeah. I never, ever wanted, all I wanted for Jordan was to have the best life she could. And I, loved her so much. And I never, I mean, I was afraid to hurt myself because I would hurt her. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, no, I never, I never, um, I'm grateful for that because I know there have been women who have sincerely struggled with the, you know, wanting to hurt their child. Uh, for me, there's I just wanted warning, to do everything. But there's, everything there's been, yeah. Warning, but there's been a bunch that have, you yeah. know, that, that, that taken their own children's life because of it. And, um, yeah, harming them at the yeah. at the least, but yeah, yeah. And, and and others I'm sure have thought about it. I'm glad that didn't pass through your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm and again, you could you could go back if you think clearly, and you can say you know, she may have been one of the key points to keep you going. You know, oh, you, definitely. Didn't, you didn't want her 
to know what was going on. You didn't want to do something that would affect her life. And yeah, so it definitely there too as well. Yeah. Yeah. I um, also think part of what kept me in my depression is my obsession with trying to be so perfect for her and for both my girls. I wanted to be the perfect mom and do everything just right. And I put so much pressure on myself to give them everything and be everything they needed. And you know, now two kids in and my, my oldest is 13. I'm like, Oh, they'll survive. You know, Oh, they're fine. They have, you know, Chick-fil-A every once in a while, but I was so uptight. And I think I put these unrealistic expectations on myself. And I heard someone say one time to me that, um, you know, depression sometimes comes from unmet expectations. And I was like, no, no. And then I thought about for a while. I was like, you know what? Sometimes like some of my depression did come from expectations I put on myself or expectations because of what I had seen, you know, like I said, you watch those movies and everyone's so happy when their baby's born and it looks so easy and everybody on Facebook makes it look like it's the best thing since sliced bread. And I'm sitting here with spit up on me and I haven't slept for two days and I'm tired. I'm going, what's wrong with me? And um, unrealistic expectations that we put on ourselves sometimes you know, feeds that depression. You know, it really I, does. I can believe, I can believe that. Yes. That, uh, so, yeah. uh, I put all these expectations on myself to be such a perfect mom and such a good mom and do everything right. And so that was really where my mind was when it came to my kids was, am I being a good enough mom? You know, is it okay? You know, <laughs> mom, let them play in the dirt and the mud for a while. They'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you've got through all that. And thank you for sharing your story and, I would advise you, and not that I know anything, but uh, you need to write a book uh, to help other people. Uh, it doesn't have to be a 500, 5,000 word, I mean, page book, you know, just 100, 100, 150, you know, may only be 75 pages. You know, whatever you think, the book is only as big as you think it could be. So, yeah. but uh, I think uh, thank you sure it will help other people. And, and yeah, if nothing else, you just give it to someone that, you know, is going through it, uh, going through uh, the postpartum or any type of depression. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I, I actually, I have written a book, but it's in editing right now. So I don't have it. I don't, oh, I'm so sorry. I do not have it finished, but um, I will let you know when it is finished. <laughs> yes, oh, please do that. And we'll, uh, we'll do a, another podcast and we'll push that book out and promote it. And oh, uh, yeah. I only want 30% of what you get. So not, not much. <laughs> So, okay. All right. Uh, all right. So thank you for being here. Is there, you got a, a website or social media that yes. people can reach out to you. Uh, they may have questions. They may want some advice that you can help them with. Yes, actually, I just recently started doing this work where I'm helping women. I mostly I focus. I can help anybody, but mostly focused on helping women who have gone through a really difficult thing in their life, like depression, divorce, you know, something in life just threw them a curveball and knocked them down and they're struggling with getting it back together. And cause that's what I've been doing and <laughs> that's my life. Um, so what I do is I have a Facebook page and Instagram. They're both just my name, Chelsea Dishinger. So I don't know if you can put that on the screen so people can spell it. <laughs> what I'll, what I'll do is put it in the description when we write up everything and I'll put those okay. links in there and they just click and go to it. Okay. Yes. Cause I have a very confusing last name, but I have Facebook and Instagram. You For can the, find me there. I'm constantly posting um, encouragement, what we're doing, what's going on to help women. Um, the other thing is I do have a blog 
where I do articles like, you know, how to uh, overcome fear, how to get through a depressed day. You know, I just have all these different um, things that we write about. So that's at ChelseaDishinger.com. Same thing, just my name again. Uh, So you can find any of those. Um, You can reach out on Facebook, shoot me a message. I'm happy to answer questions and send you encouragement, whatever it is. I love talking to women who are like me, who know they can do something great, but they're struggling. That's kind of my passion. There we go. And I tell people, if nothing else, go and do the old Google search. Chelsea (laughs) Dishinger. And again, for the ones that are listening on the podcast, and again, I'll have this stuff in the description and click on it, but the ones that are listening, if you just, we just spell it out, Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-A, and then Dishinger, D-I-S-C-H-I-N-G-E-R.com. Chelsea Dishinger.com. So. Chelsea, appreciate you being here and everything. Now, we know that there's people struggling somewhere, struggling today. And if you can give us a positive message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Yeah. Um, Well, reiterating kind of what I had said earlier, um, the big thing is if you are struggling with something today, do not allow yourself to feel embarrassed or less than, or like there's something wrong with you because it's not as easy for you as it is for somebody else. It's okay if something's easy for everybody else, but it's hard for you. That's totally fine. There, We're not all good at everything. Um, hard things in life are good things. They make us grow and change. So don't be afraid or ashamed. Um, motherhood was harder for me at the beginning than a lot of other moms and I felt like a failure because it was hard, but in the truth, because it was hard for me, I learned all of these unique and different ways to raise kids. And I have these amazing, beautiful children um, that I kind of raise in a different way that I wouldn't have if it had just been easy. I would have followed the status quo. So um, it's okay if it's hard and it's okay if you're in a rough season of life, you will get through it. Don't beat yourself up. And make sure you find a way to get positive things into your mind. Don't just sit there and listen to your own negativity all day long. <laughs> listen to James's podcast. Listen to a podcast. Pick up a book. Um, and uh, get outside of yourself in your own negative world. You have to step outside of that or you're never going to see that there is hope and that there is a better way. Meet new people as well. So to help yes. you to help you get in and out of there. So yes. all right, uh, Chelsea, was, you was talking about something I was going to bring up. Oh, and now you said instead of being a failure mother, now you're the Super Bowl champion of mothers. <laughs> so uh, well, I try. There you go. We appreciate uh, appreciate you, and I just love and uh, hate. I hate to think that your your postpartum depression was so bad. I mean, you're so positive, talking. I love your humor, your laugh. And man, that would be, if I was your husband, that would be hard not seeing that every day. And I'm sure it was on him. And so I'm glad he, I'm sure he's blessed that you are back uh, better than ever. Oh, well, thank you. You're so sweet. (laughs) Yes. And I'm very blessed. My husband was an amazing man. He stood by me when many wouldn't have (laughs) six years of turmoil is a long time. That's right. Um, And he was so wonderful. And I, I just cannot thank God enough for him. 
There you go. And if anybody, if you're in that rabbit hole and that pit of pity and you're struggling and you're thinking suicide, please contact somebody on the suicide hotline. Just Google suicide hotline. Them numbers come up quickly and, and talk to someone. You can lie to them. You don't have to give them your name. You don't have to tell them where you're living. Just tell them what you're going through and hopefully they'll give you some suggestions to help. And, uh, Listen to Chelsea's podcast. She's going to be on about a thousand of them here in the next year. So you're going to find her everywhere giving her message. So everyone else, hey, I'm the Professor of Perseverance, Dr. James Purdue. If I can do anything to help you, go to my web page at professorofperseverance.com. And if you scroll down a little bit, I actually have a free mini course with a free ebook. And it's your past doesn't have a future, but you do. So go ahead and grab your free mini course a free ebook from there and everyone else do something today tomorrow something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis thanks for listening to the professor of perseverance podcast for motivation inspiration and encouragement for more information go to facebook at professor of perseverance visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the youtube channel dr james purdue professor of perseverance